Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today we're transacting with Harry Hothy, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Wealthsimple, one of Canada's largest and fastest growing investment management software tools with over $18 billion in funds under management. Harry's job is to onboard and educate new clients, introducing them to products like crypto trading and more to ideally increase their engagement and improve LTV. With the bear market in full swing, we'll talk about the biggest risks and opportunities for products like Wealthsimple, including multi-touch marketing for high education products, finding the messaging that resonates with financial services brands, and growth strategy in the times of societal upheaval, batten down the hatches and on with the show. What is content that people want to see? As consumers, we know an ad when we see an ad and we naturally just scroll past it. So it's like, what kind of content is doing really well on the platform? organically. And so trying to take those learnings and producing ads that people want to see and they want to engage with, they laugh, well, it's still being informative and educational. We try to strike that balance between kind of those different elements, but it really comes down to like creating content that people want to see and they want to engage with. Because if people watch your content longer, people engage with your content, if that content converts, the algorithm is going to keep serving that content at a cheaper CPM, at a cheaper cost per click, and then further down the funnel at a cheaper cost per acquisition as well. Thousands of people have jumpstarted their TikTok content strategy using Coley's TikTok Creative Brief template. That's because it has all the steps for successful creator collaborations and best practices to create fun and engaging TikToks. If you haven't grabbed your copy yet, don't worry. Coley just dropped a brand new version of their popular template filled with even more tips and insights to level up your TikTok game. Head to coley.com TikTok. That's C-O-H-L-E-Y dot com slash TikTok to download your free copy and start creating TikToks for your brand that people actually want to watch. Harry, welcome to the D2C podcast. It's been a minute since we first connected. Can you update me on your role at Wealthsimple? Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see you again, Eric. Um, yeah, I, I think since the last time we spoke, I was on the uh, growth marketing team uh, le- leading growth on the tax side of the business. Um, since then, I've uh, made the transition over to product marketing, so really taking my growth background in terms of analytics and, and, and more of a scrappy uh, testing mentality to more of the product marketing side of the house, um, where I'm focused on like go-to-market strategy as well as like driving product feature adoption, um, specific to our crypto product as well as uh, most recently our, our trade product as well, which is our more DIY do-it-yourself investing around stocks and ETFs. Wellsimple is now like well over a thousand employees, right? Yeah, well, I think we're just right around there. That's just absolutely wild. And so when you say leading product, does, is that more of a like um, marketing products to existing members or are you going to drive new users with product announcements and things like that as well? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. So obviously we're focused on, um, you know, our existing clientele and letting them know about like new product enhancements or features that we're bringing to the platform, all with the goal of, of, of making their, their journey with their financial journey as easy as possible. And then also, um, you know, working with our growth team and our acquisition team and kind of spreading that message to new clients. And so if we're bringing something to market that may be first to market or um, something that we think that we're doing something better than other platforms are essentially offering, we work with our acquisition team to kind of like promote that and, and, and distribute that across the different pay channels. 
crypto, it's funny, I, you know, I'm a wealth simple client and I, I'll just say it, I YOLO'd, you know, half of my, my savings into crypto at a, what turns out to be, I think long-term will turn out to be just a fine time, but at an inopportune time when things went down. But I'm just curious, you were also, I think in the Canadian market, you were one of the first sort of mass market companies to offer easy crypto trading. How has that launch gone? It's been good. Yeah. I think, you know, with a lot of things that we're doing here at Simple, we're just trying to, um, give clients the opportunity to, to invest in the different assets that exist. I think as an organization, we believe in the long-term potential and the technology around like blockchain and, and web three. Um, but again, like, you know, we don't, we never recommend clients to invest in, uh, you know, specific assets or whether it's stocks, ETFs or, or cryptocurrency, that's obviously up to the client themselves, but we want to be able to like, just give them the opportunity to do so. And, and obviously do it in a very uh, simple and, and safe manner. And, you know, we're a regulated platform. So, um, we work lockstep with with the regulators in Canada, ensure that you know we're following all the protocols that the the regulators have in place, and so that's like top top of mind for for us, like first and foremost, and and just providing access. I think that's kind of been our value prop since you know Well Simple has been a, a business. So I think uh, those are kind of our our, our two focuses. Um, yeah. And, and with your products, like your your the minimalist design, like it really like Wealth Simple's the brand, and Wealth Simple really is the experience. Well, not wealth yet, but the simple part is definitely uh, a big part of the experience, right? At just the the interface is so intuitive. Uh, I bet I guess that's a big a big focus as well. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know right now in the finance industry, uh, you know a lot of financial jargon is complex. Um, it's you know inaccessible. So I think you know that's part of our core value prop is. How do we make the experience super frictionless? How do we make, how do we educate Canadians on finances and make it like as simple as possible and using real like human language um, when it comes to explaining different financial concepts? So um, yeah, that's been that's been our focus. Not only uh, providing like the most simple to use platform, but then also educating our clients as they level up in their investment journey, whether they're just starting with a dollar or they're starting with you know you know, $10,000, $100,000, we essentially want to be able to like level up all our clients and follow them along their financial journey. Um, so we're trying to build the most accessible product um, with that in mind. When I think of a, a company like Simple that has a lot of different entries into the market point, it's often like single angles or single aspects of the tools that end up being the growth engine for, you know, many products within the company. So I'm curious, when you started bringing the fact that crypto was available on Simple, was it a revelation to your customer acquisition prices? Did it, did it really boost it or has it been really challenging as well? Well, I think, you know, before I jump into that, I think what's really helped is that we focused on our brand when we first launched Wellsimple. And I think that has really helped us pay dividends, even within the paid acquisition space. So, you know, we really focused on trust and just being, you know, a simple brand that focused on education. And then when we really started leaning into paid, I think that really helped because people were synonymous with the Wellsimple brand. We had already built that trust with Canadians. And then while we, you know, we're introducing these new products such as crypto or, or our tax offering, et cetera, it's, it's really helped bring down our acquisition costs. In addition to everything else we're doing in terms of optimization and testing, um, I think it, you know, just having that trust to begin with has helped. And then when we started leading it to paid across all the different channels that exist, that really helped, you know, expedite our growth, uh, especially during, during the pandemic when everyone was getting into to trading. Um, and then we've kind of just seen that as a tailwind um, and just all that pay that we've done and then all the other channels that we that we look into in terms of life cycle, in terms of referrals, et cetera. It's kind of like a flywheel that we really focus on because, um, you know, at the end of the day, we do want to acquire new clients, but we also want to keep and retain existing ones as well. 
Can you describe the flywheel a little bit? Like what, what goes into your marketing mix? Like what are, what are the most successful aspects of your marketing mix? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, as I mentioned, first and foremost, it's our brand and we really you know, care about our brand a lot. And I think that's really helped us when it comes to like organic growth and, you know, friends and family talking to each other. I think, you know, when it comes to finances, a lot of people trust their family and their friends and take recommendations from their family and friends. So for us, like making a, a strong referral program is top of mind as well. And we feed like new client growth through paid as well as that referral like loop. And then, you know, when we have clients signing up, you know, we also have like a very strong lifecycle team that works on getting clients to onboard, uh, to sign up, to fund their account. And then in addition to that, you know, we, all, we obviously, you know, focus on SEO and like education and content is really important to us. So we really want to take complex financial terms or, or features, different ways that people can invest their money and really simplify it. Um, and we really lean in on our like search engine optimization team to build the most effective content from capturing search interest but then also like leaning into education and actually providing content that people understand. Um, so it's kind of like we're, we're kind of full steam ahead across all, all channels, whether it's like earned, whether it's owned or whether it's paid. I'm thinking about CAC, customer acquisition costs. When you've got a product that 90% retains people through their retirement and beyond in theory, how do you think about customer lifetime value and how does that play into your customer acquisition cost? I bet you've got some crazy dashboards. Of course, yeah. Uh, um, I think for us, like, you know, finance first and foremost is a very complex space. You know, it's not as easy as buying a T-shirt or it's not as easy as buying an e-commerce product where it's like an impulse buy, you know, where you're dealing with people's finances and we take that very seriously here. And so with that comes like a lot of education and a lot of like explaining around like what a feature is or how we're better than the competition. So naturally, you know, our cost per acquisition is a lot higher than like someone that's selling a T-shirt online. But the way that we look at it is uh, you're right, to, like from a lifetime uh, value perspective, and we try to um, keep our payback periods within a within our goal. So, you know, we'll spend money on trying to acquire customers and we're, we always have a payback period in mind in terms of trying to spend enough to acquire clients. And then we forecast kind of what our average revenue per user will be in terms of that lifetime value and ensure that we're like keeping within those payback periods. And then as I meant, you know, as I was talking about the other channels that, that are at play with like referrals and, and, and brand and organic, and I think that all helps with increasing customer lifetime value. And that goes back to my comment around having this like robust strategy across all channels and this flywheel effect. Um, it really helps with that payback period, but that's kind of how we look at it. If that helps answer that question. When it comes to your marketing mix, like what are the, I, I see you on Facebook advertising quite a bit. Are you guys uh, investing heavily in TikTok, Google, all the usual suspects? Yeah, definitely. I think um, across, yeah, I would say across all the usual suspects, whether it's like, you know, Google UAC, Facebook, uh, you know, Google search, TikTok, Snap, uh, Reddit even. Um, you know, I think the really cool thing about working at this organization is that, you know, we have an appetite to test and you don't know unless you start testing and, and, and you start putting some money into the market and understanding if your clients exist in that specific vertical or that space. Um, and then understanding what your costs or your CACs are in, in that specific channel. So we've experimented with, you know, almost every single like social platform that exists or every pay channel that exists. Um, and obviously some are more effective than others, but for us, we, we have a, we have an appetite to test at Wellsimple, which really helps us in terms of, you know, bringing down some of those customer acquisition costs and leveraging learnings from effective channels into these new emerging channels as well. Can you describe a test that you've run recently that had a, a positive result that you're building on? Yeah. Um, so, you know, for us, like 
it almost goes back to like how we look at like everything and it all works together in terms of earned and paid, etc. And so an example could be, you know, um, a lot of uh, content creators, you know, talk about us naturally on their platforms. They talk about their investment journey on Wellsimple. So we naturally have a bank of user generated content that we can leverage within our ads as well. And obviously, you know, in partnership with those content creators and, and getting permission to use their content. But that could be an example for us to like leverage UGC across like some of these social channels and start testing like different messaging, you know, is it start, you know, invest with just $1? Is it co commission free trading? Is it low fee trading? So we, we start testing messaging and we start testing it across like, you know, is it through testimonials, like written testimonials? Is it through video UGC? Is it through like press quotes? So, you know, we're, we're trying everything and we try to lean in every single value prop as well. So it's, it's constant testing uh, just to understand like what is resonating with clients and what might resonate today will be different than what resonates from a year from now. So it's just constant testing and, and, and a constant evolution of that as well. I saw one of the more recently launched ads on your platform launched in, in October was with a, a collaboration with a creator who sings a, a hilarious song about the power of a dollar. And I think it's a real kind of testament to your brand that you're able to run like that video has some like really outlandishly funny even like slightly vulgar moments in it, which you know, kind of really resonated with me in, in that moment. And I think it's a real testament to your brand that you're able to be as a, such a serious financial company that takes people's wealth very seriously, that you're able to still be that funny. And I think it's a real testament to the, the, the brand that underlies it. What's your sort of philosophy with uh, creator content in general? Well, I think, you know, I just, I try to think about it in a way that it's like not an ad and it's like, what is content that people want to see? I think, you know, we've, as consumers, we have we know an ad when we see an ad and we naturally just scroll past it. So it's like, what, what kind of content that is doing really well on the platform organically? And so trying to take those learnings and cr producing ads that people wanna see and they wanna engage with, they laugh, um, well, it's still being informative and, and educational. So I think we, we try to strike that balance between kind of those different elements, but it really comes down to like creating content that people wanna see and they wanna engage with because if people watch your content longer, people engage with your content, and if that content converts, the algorithm is gonna keep serving that content at, at a cheaper CPM, at a cheaper you know, cost per click, and then you know, further down the funnel, at a cheaper cost per acquisition as well. I, I'm just curious, in your position at the company, what does your team look like? Yeah, so the way that our, our marketing team is split is, in, I guess in different channels or different verticals, so I mentioned that you know, I work on the product marketing team. So we're kind of the conduit between our product teams and our marketing teams. So we're kind of that bridge in between. And then we have like a growth team that's focused on client acquisition. It, it, it's focused on registrant to client conversion and just really thinking about like how to optimize that funnel. That's also like our lifecycle team falls within the growth team as well. You know, how do we onboard clients and how do we get them to become you know, um, well, simple clients as well. And then, you know, we have kind of have supporting teams around that too. We have an amazing creative team that produces beautiful assets um, and really thinks about the client, the client, the client um, when it comes to just messaging and clarity in our messaging as well. We work with our data science team that's trying to understand like how can we best segment customers, what is resonating with specific segments and how do we essentially look at propensity to convert and, and, and leverage that type of data in our lifecycle efforts, but also in our acquisition efforts. I'm trying to think if I'm missing any, any other team. Um, how are you, how do you measure propensity to convert? Is that something you're doing with AI pre-click using, you know, external tools? Can you describe that process a little bit? 
Yeah, so I think like obviously um, we, we look at our existing base and we, we, we try to understand like, you know, based on previous behavior, like what causes clients to convert based on how they're interacting with our product? Do they have multiple products with us? Do they exhibit certain behaviors? And then I think with a lot of these like tools that, you know, on these social ads or search ads, et cetera, you know, we have the opportunity to, you know, leverage lookalike targeting to essentially understand like who's behaving very similar to these to these clients. So I would say that's kind of the way that we're, we're looking at it, I guess, you know, more so from an existing client base in terms of getting our clients to like, you know, sign up across all of our um, financial tools, if it, as long as it makes sense for their financial journey and then leveraging a lot of what these paid tools already have built in, in terms of their algorithm is already very sophisticated. So leveraging lookalike targeting, et cetera, um, amongst like the segment that we're trying to go after. Did you know that 71% of U.S. consumers plan to shop online during the holiday months or that 62% of them want to be reminded about your offers via email? To discover how shoppers plan to spend this holiday season, download Wonderkin's 2022 Consumer Insights Report. It's full of vital data surrounding preferred shopping locations, communication channels, purchase influences, and more. Visit wonderkind.co DTC to download the Consumer Insights Report now and find out how to reach your customers. That's wonder, W-U-N-D-E-R, kind.co slash DTC to download today. So, you know, uh, with the performance agency uh, I'm partnered with, uh, with Pilot House, they're all about UGC content, all about influencer creator content all the time. They're also seeing massive success through whitelisting and dark posting uh, when, when it comes to actually running through people's handles. Is that something that Wellsimple is able to do? Or is that one of those boundaries that you would have as a big financial institution that you would always want to come from your handle? Um, I think the way that we approach um, whitelisting is, you know, we've experimented with it um, for sure. But I think like what it really comes down to is like clients do trust our brand. And so we do find that we are more effective by just like promoting through Wellsimple. That doesn't mean we don't work with content creators or leverage user generated content. We actually kickstarted a, um, a new like a brand ambassador program where we have like, you know, everyday people um, that are really doing really cool things in their life, like speak about their financial journey. And we leverage that obviously within our own content, but we, you know, we, we, we don't really want to influence what other, how other people are perceiving our brand or how they're going through their financial journey. We want them to speak from their heart and from the truth. And we want to enable them to, to do that um, with obviously the most like frictionless, like simple tool possible and also like providing them education and the right tools so they can educate their kind of their audience as well. So, um, you know, we've experimented with whitelisting, but we really lean on our own brand because we've put so much effort into ensuring that we are a trusted brand. Makes perfect sense. I don't know if this is too nitty gritty. You can let me know. But I actually had a question from one of the lead generators on the Pilot House team when I told him that I was I was having you on the podcast. Basically, when someone signs up, how many touch points are you sort of generally working towards in that sort of conversion funnel? That's a good question. I think obviously it's very unique to the individual. And I think like obviously being in the finance vertical, it's many touch points. Um, I don't have a specific number to share, unfortunately, Eric. But I think like, you know, if I really think about my own financial journey, you know, I'm obviously going to look at review sites and understand what's the best tool that exists out there. And like, what are the pros and cons of like going with a well simple versus a competitor? Um, but then also looking at like, you know, a bunch of paid touch points too. So I think, I think, you know, as we, you know, we're both in the space, we understand that it's, it, you know, clients just aren't, don't convert in a linear path. 
you know, they talk to their family and friends. They, they, they're across multiple social platforms. So we're serving them across multiple social platforms and they're doing their own research. And, you know, they're searching, you know, for like the best trading platform in Canada on Google. We're obviously showcasing our search ads, but they're obviously looking at review sites as well. So it's a complex journey, especially when it comes to the financial space. But yeah, so I would say many touch points, but unfortunately don't have a, a number to share. And on those review sites, is that what's, can you speak at all to your strategy around those reviews? Like, I'm sure there's a, a quite a massive ecosystem of review sites popping up around it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the beautiful thing about these review sites is that they own their content and they decide what to, to distribute and, and to publish. And all we can really do is A, build the best product possible. So it gives them no reason to write, but then also just ensure that we're updating them on all the enhancements that we're making and the improvements that we're making, whether it's on the experience within the training platform itself or um, a, a new feature that we're launching that might be first to market or something better than like a competitor is doing. I think we're just ensuring that we're, we, we stay in touch with with some of the top ones in Canada and ensure that they're covering us when it, when we're releasing something new. One of the angles I see all the time, and I think this is more specifically for ETFs, uh, for but again, it's, it's just sort of online trading platforms. But I see all these ads in Canada about essentially that boil down to friends don't let friends buy mutual funds because uh, you, you know I've heard people say they're an idiot tax. There's, there's there's way too many service fees. You're essentially getting a human to make stock picks and the average human doesn't, unless they're Warren Buffett, doesn't make great stock picks uh, based on your portfolio settings. Is that an angle that, I, I haven't actually seen that angle from Wealthsimple. Is that is that an angle that you guys have experimented with? Unfortunately not. Um, and it's only because you know we're, we don't ever recommend uh, clients what to invest in. You know, it's we're never we're not able to provide financial advice. We're able to provide them the tools in order for them to make their own decisions. And we're also just lean on education in terms of like, you know, we have a an extensive like you know personal finance one on one section on our website that like explains like mutual funds and ETFs and you know the the most cost effective ETFs or the bet or the most cost effective mutual funds to to invest in. But yeah, we, we never say like invest in crypto or invest in this mutual fund because it's we're not able to provide financial advice. I think it's more the platform because like, there, there'd be nothing. These banks, these other platforms, I forget, I won't mention their brands. I can't even think of them right now, are, are doing. They're having those conversations. Oh, you still have your money with dad's guys? You know, like that that whole thing. You know, you should be moving them into a place where you have more control. And I guess that leads into my next question. Like, what's the biggest challenge? Which audience demographic is the biggest challenge adapting to a platform like Wealthsimple? Yeah, I think it's it's probably clients that have, have had the longest relationship with their financial advisor or with their bank. And then I would also add probably uh, clients that maybe might not be as like tech savvy as like the younger generations, like the Gen Zs and, and the millennials. Um, so I would say those have been probably the most difficult, but those are the clients that probably um, have, have the most to benefit in terms of, um, you know, going to a, a lower cost platform um, and essentially managing their own their own finances. But I would say kind of like that, you know, people that have had those longstanding relationships. I think even if you think about our own examples, like I still bank with the same same bank because my parents set me up with a bank account. It's things like that where I think it's 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 hard to remove. But I think when clients do experience well simple for the first time, they just re they realize how easy and simple it is. So it's just about getting them in, in the door and then getting them to like feel and touch the product. Um, for them to start believing. Yeah, and I met, they're, they're probably the highest value clients as well. Older people tend to tend to have more on the investment side of things. So basically, yeah, that's that's the strategy. Just get them in, get them to realize how simple, straightforward it is. Anything else that you'd want to get out that you think would be valuable for the audience to hear? No, I think we kind of covered 
most of it. I think like, you know, we talked about like our, our mission in terms of just providing, you know, the financial tools for Canadians and just the way that we're approaching kind of our marketing strategy is very holistic. And, you know, obviously there's a focus across paid, but then also kind of this like flywheel around referrals, lifecycle, um, and, and organic growth through education. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, not much more to add based on what we discussed. Okay, so Harry, uh, since we last spoke in, in 2021, I, I would say we've entered what, what could be called a, a bear market. Maybe it could be called a potential black swan market. But I'm just wondering, what is it like trying to grow a product that's about growing people's wealth during such down times? Yeah, obviously, it's like quite a difficult task. Um, I think we were kind of chatting about this earlier that, you know, it's uh, I don't think any, I don't think a lot of people's portfolios are doing too well right now. But I think our focus kind of in this bear market is just education um, and just like let, letting our clients know that, you know, just stick to the fundamentals, stick to your 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 investment strategy around diversification in terms of dollar cost averaging and, and all those kind of like financial principles that have like held tried and true no matter what bear market we've gone through over the last like 20, 25 years, 30 years, because everything does tend to eventually bounce back over the long term and to have that long term vision and that long term goal. So for us, it's just more about educating our clients, as I mentioned, and whether that's through like emailing our clients and letting them know about our investment philosophy. You know, we really lean into like our Well Simple magazine as well as our personal finance, you know, one-on-one content to to distribute content to our clients to let to essentially walk through historically what's happened in bear markets, but then also to remind them of like the investment principles. And I'm not sure if you've seen this, but on Well Simple, we also have like an investing masterclass where. Um, we kind of walk through clients through like, you know, I think it's like eight to 10 chapters of like in investment philosophy and like kind of how to in, in not how to invest your money, but like kind of like how to develop an investment mindset and an investment strategy. Um, so for us, it's education first and foremost, and it'll always be education. And then just, you know, continue to build the best and most accessible product there is. So, you know, you know, regardless of the bear market that we're in, we're still focused on building the, the, the best product on the market. And so our teams are continued, um, you know, develop new, new features. So, you know, we're launching a new, we're launching staking on, on crypto. We actually just launched that today. And we're, we're looking to bring other financial tools that, you know, traditional platforms have, and we're looking to bring those to market as well to give clients the ability to invest their, their money the way that they want to invest. So that's kind of been kind of our focus, education as, and as well as continue to build the best product possible. And you can't speak to this too much, but there there will be a huge amount of stocks are on sale now as well, right? When it when it comes to looking at these companies that have had that have come down, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50%, there's a lot of them that are on sale right now. It's hard to know which ones, which ones exactly, which ones will stay down, which ones, which ones will go up. And I guess that's why financial advice is so tricky. But I think for people that have funds now, like being able to invest will be, you know, could really pay massive dividends down the line. Yeah, I think the, you know, the the goal has always been like invest within your means and, and, and invest, you know, responsibly and, and the amount that makes sense for you. And to have like a long-term strategy when it comes to your investment goal. I think if you're looking to make a quick buck, maybe it, the, you know, investing in, into the market may not be the, the best, the best strategy, but typically what's historically worked really well is just having a long-term view and diversification. So, you know, we always, we always try to educate our clients around that. So, that's kind of what we're, we'll continue to always do as, as an investment platform um, and ensure that our clients are, are equipped with the, the, the most amount of information possible. I just got a, uh, an app notification that I can start staking my coins. 
Uh, so it's good timing. This Will Simple knows. Um, I'm, so w- w- one thing that's interesting, you know, the, the Gary V idea and the thing that D2C and Pilot House are embodying is that every company needs to become a media company. And you mentioned your newsletter. You mentioned, like, I'm sure it's something on the mind of Will Simple. Which aspects of Will Simple becoming a media company have been most successful? Just the education piece, the courses. It's, it's, it's. I guess it's everything. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, we try to infuse education in every single client touch point as possible. You know, if you if if you go through our app, like you know, whether it's a new feature that we're we're starting to introduce, we have like a bit of an you know in app education around like in this example, you know, you mentioned you just got a, a push notification for staking. You know, we have an in app flow that walks you through like what is staking, what are the benefits, what are the considerations. You know, we also supplement that with like additional like educational content on our personal finance one hundred and one section of our site. In our emails, we always lean into education as well. So for us, it's you know obviously we want to bring all these like aspects to market, but we also want to like level up our clients' understanding around around that as well. And in terms of being yeah, media house like we try to infuse like all that into every single channel. And, you know, we do have our own like Well Simple magazine where we cover stories and, and, and uh, money diaries, as well as we lo- we've launched like a new newsletter called TLDR, which um, walks clients like through what's going on in the market, interesting news around finance and the world, um, which is, we've gotten really good feedback around that as well. So I think it's, all, all of it's just, you know, to help like level up our clients' education and, and interest in money, as well as just, you know, world news, while also just, yeah, pr- providing them the right tools to, to, to take action whenever they feel comfortable in doing so. Very cool. So if, if I were to give you $100,000 to put into uh, WellSimple's product marketing, let's just say for Q4, you know, where would you put that? I'm a, I'm a true believer in just having, you know, the full funnel optimized. Um, obviously, I think if you're looking for like quick growth and like driving traffic to your website and eyeballs to your traffic, paid is going to be the quickest way to get there. And it's going to allow you to start like testing uh, like quickly. So, you know, just putting some money in, into into some of these platforms and starting to test messaging, you get immediate feedback to understand what's the best message to go to market with. But in addition to that, in terms of looking at like end to end, you're driving all these clients to your website or to your product or whatever the case may be, there's, you, you need to capture that as well. So you need to ensure that your landing page is optimized so you're not losing traffic, but you're capturing signups, you're, you're, you're bringing clients further down the funnel. And that's where Lifecycle comes in, where you're taking clients that may have signed up and be converting them into clients. And then also like upselling them and cross-selling them further down and making them more ingrained into the ecosystem. So your churn is lower, you're, you're reducing your churn. And then also having, um, as you move clients further down, they start to become advocates as they use your product more and they, and they buy your product more. So how do you leverage you know, word of mouth and, and have like a strong referral you know, flywheel in effect to get people to talk to their family and friends and to promote and bring new eyeballs into the market? So I really do think it's that full flywheel that's happening. but. You know, I would say you're looking for a quick wins. I always recommend paid, but if you're looking for long-term wins, like even SEO and content is a massive play as well, because it doesn't really cost a lot of money in order to, to attract eyeballs. It's just re- about writing like relevant, interesting content for people to read um, and to become like lifelong advocates of your brand. So that's how I would answer that, that question. If I gave you a million, I think your answer should be uh, get Ryan Reynolds on a commercial. Or Drake. Because I think if yeah. you could get Ryan Reynolds on a commercial for Well Simple, like I think it would just – because I've seen him advertising not only his own products. His marketing for Maximum Effort does like all sorts of things. I think well, if you get Ryan Reynolds on, a, on the couch, on the Well Simple couch, uh, it's game over. 
I would love that. I would love that. So um, if we can make that happen, um, you know, I'll give you a shout out, Eric. Uh, But yeah, that would be, yeah, Ryan Rose would be great. He's like a, Canadians love him. Um, So I think, yeah, we had, we had that kind of money to spend. We would probably start, you know, leaning into some people of notoriety um, and, and, and like a lovable, recognizable face in Canada that aligns with our brand. My goal is to get him on this podcast uh, next year. So I'll get him on the podcast. I'll pitch him on becoming uh, a well, simple dude. And it's, it's game over. We're taking over. I love that. Nice. Thanks for coming on the D2C podcast today, Harry. I don't know if you're, are, are you a public social media person? Do you want to drop any handles or any way people could get in touch? Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Eric. This is great. Um, yeah, I think if people just want to, you know, connect with me on on LinkedIn, um, that's probably where I'm most active and, and where I love to talk shop and, and, and discuss ideas around whether it's like paid or other marketing strategies. So yeah, feel free to connect me with me on LinkedIn at Harry Hothy. Yeah, that's about it. Cheers, brother. This is fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer, all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.